When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Saka Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Yes, it's Tuesday afternoon here in Adelaide, another hot day, and we are ready to talk some cricket with you today. My name's Travis Wakeling. I have in the studio with me the Scorpions' humbled and esteemed leader, Gemma Barsby. Welcome to the show, Gem. Hey, Trav, how you going? Great. We've missed you last week. You're off, obviously off in Sydney finishing up the season for the Scorps. Obviously a couple of dis- disappointing losses, but um, maybe nice to sort of see out the see out the end of the season and um, find your way into some leisure time, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, going from one extreme to the other. It feels weird, obviously. Yeah, we've had a pretty busy season, and then to, to think it's all done now, I don't think it's kind of uh, sunk in that we're finished completely. Obviously, still got a few club games to go, but... Yeah, pretty quiet week this week and, um, yeah, having to continue to train until uh, our club season finishes. Oh, how rough is that? <laughs> I know, but we're very good at – we've gotten better at trying to then, like, organise this last little sec- – like, this last little bit because, yeah, people can go through the motions. So we're changing it up a bit. We're we're doing a beach session. We're going, I think we're doing a session with a blind cricket team as well. So, awesome. Yeah, getting to mix things up for the, the last block. That's great, nice. and they'll be loving that as well. Well – I'm looking forward to unpacking the Scorps season a little bit later in the show, but uh, we do have a massive show today. So a big headline act, uh, of course, is Jordan Buckingham. He is in fine form for the Redbacks. Unfortunately, obviously, the Redbacks aren't in the the greatest form themselves, but nice to have um, him coming through as a bit of a shining light from the Redbacks season. So look forward to talking to Jordan. He's coming down to the studio. Uh, Our night watchman today, a little bit of a different approach, a night a watchman of a different variety. So, um, and someone that you've probably worked pretty closely with over the last couple of years, Jem. So looking forward to speaking to our night watchman a little bit later. And of course your report card without notice. I can't wait to hear the jingle, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the jingle again and get stuck into that. So like I said, we'll we'll just touch on the Scorpion season, obviously um, all finished up now, but nice to see that uh, Eleanor, Eleanor LaRosa again. So, First game was nice to see her get a bowl and and take a wicket, and then um, no doubt to see her all round abilities and scoring some runs. Nice little green shoot for the Scorpions. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, yeah, it was amazing, kind of just to sit back and obviously we we were weren't going great in that game, and for her to spend some time out in the middle um and kind of go through the gears and and work out what what worked for her in that situation is. Yeah, it was pretty um, exciting to sit on the sidelines and to see her her go about away. Third game in and scores her first fifty. It's um yeah, it's something pretty cool and um yeah, exciting for South Australian's cricket. Absolutely, and uh, you know she must have spent a little bit of time watching your vision from the previous <laughs> weekend because an exciting milestone for you. You turned up for West Torrens uh, two weekends ago now. That must have been an exciting and pretty special moment for you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Obviously, the first hundred in Adelaide playing for West Torrens, and yeah, I was. It was nice probably for the majority of that. I was watching Maddie Penner and Amanda Wellington smoke them all around and I was happily giving them the singles to watch them do their thing. So, no, it was pretty cool to spend some time out in the middle and, yeah, cop some stick from Wellie because she just pretty much came out from ball one and started hitting bombs 
and I was there <laughs> shanking them and stuff. And she was telling me, come on, you just got to hit the ball. Come on. Like, it's not that hard. I'm like, geez, we can't all hit them like you, Wello. But... That, that is unlike Wello to give you a hard time. Yeah. We'll talk about that more later in the uh, later in the show as well. But um, obviously another big weekend for women's cricket with a, a test match, the first ever test match between Australia and South Africa. Did you watch much of the game? And obviously nice to see our girl Darcy taking five foot on a 43 degree day in Perth. We chose to bowl first. Yeah. Um, you know, that would have been a tough decision to do that, but to knock them over quickly and get back in the sheds would have been pretty, uh, pretty important for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. 43 degree day in Perth. That's pretty brutal for Gross. A, Yeah. For a test match. But yeah, that's Darcy Brown's first ever, like ever Pfeiffer in all of her cricket I couldn't career. believe that because she's such a, such a good bowler, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, I was actually quite surprised with that too. And yeah, the typical Darcy, I just, um, saw the interview after the game. She's like, this is embarrassing. Like having to walk <laughs> off and raise the ball. I'm like, Mate, come on! This is this is your job. This is what you're meant to do. But um, no, nah, I was really happy for her. And then even to watch Annabelle Sutherland come out oh. and just absolutely smack him. Like it just probably just showed, especially in in the Test match arena, how much Australia is ahead. They pretty much dominated from session one. There was a bit in it, and then um, yeah, we obviously South uh, South Africa then got them back in the game a little bit, having them three for not many in the first innings, and then um, yeah, they kind of lacked the depth in their bowling department that they couldn't then continue on and, and get those wickets because, yeah, Australia pretty much back to 11. So you need a pretty good bowling attack to get them out. Oh, unreal. That that batting lineup is is insane. Um, and speaking of Red Bull cricket in the women's game, I am excited. I was so excited a couple of weeks ago to see it announced that there's going to be a women's Red Bull practice game uh, here at Carrollton Oval. So we're lucky in South Australia. Um, the 5th to the 7th of March at Carrollton Oval. And we've got five of our uh, five of our SA Scorpions girls in the squad. So nice to see some red ball cricket um, for the women's. And obviously it's feedback that the players have provided to Cricket Australia to say that they'd like to play more red ball cricket. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it just speaks volume of the, the setup, I guess, we've been able to, well, Luke and the support staff here have been able to achieve over the number of years that, yeah, that we got five playing in it. So I think it's, pretty cool and yeah to be able to have the opportunity to play a three-day game it definitely tests where you are are at in um in all in all terms of your batting bowling and even your fitness and mental capacity as well because it's obviously a lot different we're only really used to playing t20 in one day cricket so to be able to have the opportunity to bat all day or to have to bowl right at the end of the day after you've bowled 20 overs it's gonna um yeah it's gonna be a good test for everyone and Hopefully it's just the start. They've been talking about, yeah, trying to add some more red ball cricket in. So hopefully the more we're able to have these opportunities arise, the better we'll get at it. Absolutely. And uh, obviously the men's season uh, has, has finished in Australia, but they've gone straight off to New Zealand to kick off a um, tour over there. Three 2020 internationals and then a couple of test matches. But the T20s kick off tomorrow night. Um, and good to see Spencer Johnson's got called back into the Aussie squad after a an interesting 24 hours. I saw Marcus Stoinis went out with an injury and then was replaced by Aaron Hardy. And then Aaron Hardy was out with an injury 24 <laughs> hours later and in comes Spencer. So I think it's a well-deserved spot in, this, in the squad for Spencer. And um, yeah, you're looking forward to watching that series? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be yeah, a really good contest against New Zealand. They've been playing some really good cricket in, in all three formats. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really good test. And you see um, David Warner came out and said how they're they can the crowd can get pretty personal as well, so I think there's they'll be a bit behind these games and um yeah and good prep for them and yeah hopefully Spence gets a go. He's been dominating the T20 format lately this well, this season, so hopefully he can get another opportunity away and and keep dominating. I found that really interesting um, what David Warner said about the um, the New Zealand crowds getting personal. 
I, you know, you expect that from England. Um, you expect that in other other countries as well. But New Zealand, I thought we were friends. I know. I was actually quite surprised too when he said that. I was like, are you, are you sure? But you never know. It could just be towards him. He kind of rivaled up a few people. But yeah, I thought, I thought we were mates with the old Kiwis. I'm wondering if this kind of, you know, banter and um, almost abuse from the crowd has come into the women's game much. Have you been on the receiving end of much in, in WBBL, for example, where the crowds are a bit bigger and uh, there might be a few different personalities out there? Yeah, it is quite funny. Uh, there's probably been a couple of occasions, yeah, when we have the bigger crowds and it's usually around like the final series. So they try and have an edge and um, yeah, it's all it's all good fun. You try and um, embrace it. It's, it's all a part of the game. And I remember, well, for, I guess on the other side, we had uh, the final here for and the and one of our other um, Adelaide Oval home games for the Big Bash as well, and we had a crowd there, and there was a few boys in the crowd giving it to the opposition, and we were just absolutely loving it. They were doing the na 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 na, <laughs> so um, yeah, just kind of uh, getting on the opposition's skin, and yeah, it was actually quite funny to be on on their side and seeing it happening. I think I remember the lads you're talking about there <laughs> as well. They were good, they were good fun. Um, we're going to get more into the Redbacks as the as the show goes on, and obviously we're going to have Jordan Buckingham on, on the show. But um, disappointing to to see that we've had another loss. Um, now probably out of the equation for a final, but um, you know the bowling stocks are there. They've just got to do something about the the batting. Um, what did you think of the Redbacks' performance against Queensland? Yeah, absolutely. It obviously showed that. Um, there was a bit in the wicket at the start, and then as the the days got on, the the wicket started to flatten out, and it got became a really nice bat and wicket. So, yeah, it's probably been the story for the last couple of years now, where we haven't we have well the Redbacks haven't been able to get a, get away to a good start and put a really big lead in, and then uh, for the bowlers to come out and and have something to defend. So playing catch up. Yeah, I feel like that's been the story now for probably the last couple of years is playing that catch up, and there's only so much the bowlers can do to try and get them back in the game, but. Um, yeah, hopefully there's a bit of soul searching happening in, in the off season and to really knuckle down and, and hopefully start to change those ways. And a couple of good games to finish off the season against New South Wales and Tasmania. So a couple of big tests, um, coming up. So hopefully they can get a couple of wins and get some confidence going into, going into next season as well. So, um, well, we've just spoken about our gun Redbacks bowlers. We're going to have one of them coming up next. It's Jordan Buckingham just after the break. You're listening to the Saka Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Beautiful afternoon in Adelaide. You're back with the Saka Cricket Show, and in the studio we have a very special guest. It's the first time that Gemma and I have had a guest come and join us in the studio. So so nice to see your face, Jordan Buckingham. Welcome to the show. No dramas. Thanks for having me on, mate. It's um it's good to have you on, and obviously your uh, your form this season and probably last as well has been outstanding. But before we get into any of that, I want to understand the origins of who you are as a person. Um, and I would I'm really interested when I was looking up your ESPN cricket info stats last night um, to notice that Dermot is one of your middle names. Who is it? Are your family Hawthorne fans? And did you come out with like luscious? Blonde locks, or how did that come about? Nah, I certainly wasn't blessed with the um, blonde locks, but yeah, my whole family are, are mad Hawthorne fans, hence the, the middle name Dermot. So I didn't really get a choice. Um, I was sort of born into a Hawthorne family, and uh, yeah, these are days you a Hawks man as well? Yeah, I am. Um, obviously, it's, it's a bit of a low period for the Hawks now, but we had a few years there where. We went the uh, three peak premiers, so um, yeah, it's been it's been good fun celebrating the Hawks. Absolutely, and um, you've. 
obviously you were born in Victoria, moved down to South Australia for cricket. What's, how did that move come, up, come about? How are you enjoying your time in Adelaide so far? Yeah, basically I just had a, a decent couple of Premier Cricket seasons in Victoria and um, Sean Williams, who's still now on the selection panel at South Australia, come across and watched a few games and um, I, I guess he liked what he saw and, and I got offered a two-year rookie deal. Um, to come over to SA, so for me it was a no-brainer. I didn't um, didn't really get a look at in Victoria, um, so yeah, to come over and, and join the Redbacks was yeah it was a lifelong dream that um, something I really wanted to do. So um, yeah, for that to happen, yeah, it was awesome. So are you like all the other Victorians and didn't like Adelaide before coming across here, or what's the go? Uh, I'd actually never been to Adelaide to be honest. So. <laughs> Um, I didn't have any opinion uh, that, yeah, the first time I got here, I, I had a 2K time trial the next morning. So, I'd, yeah, I Straight certainly... Straight into uh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you get to see a few sights on a 2K time trial, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Or are you just running rings around the oval? <laughs> yeah, pretty much just running rings. <laughs> now, um, obviously, you've played some Oz A games as well. So, uh, against New Zealand, you took a... Was it six for? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, you've that would have been a really cool experience for you, no doubt. Yeah, obviously over in New Zealand, it was a, it was a pretty bowler-friendly game from memory of that one. But um, yeah, it was nice to obviously on Aussie debut, get out there and, and get amongst the wickets. Um, unfortunately, didn't win the game. But um, yeah, Duke's ball early morning in New Zealand. Um, fast bowler's dream, that's for sure. Jeez, you must have been close to getting on a squad uh, over to New Zealand for a test tour, surely. <laughs> we uh, would have loved to see your name around that. But, um, you know, in, in terms of national selection, you're obviously, you're if you're playing Australia A and you're playing well, you're around the mark. Are you getting regular feedback from the selectors in, in regards to where you sit um, and, you know, anything you need to work on? Is it just a matter of keep taking wickets when you're on the when you're on the park? Obviously, you've had some injury um, troubles this season. But, um, yeah, what kind of feedback are you getting from, from the selectors? Yeah, the communication is very good. It's one thing where I think whenever you do well or after most games, you'll get a message from either Tony Dodamate or George Bailey just to sort of keep you in check and, and, and let you know what's going on. I, I wouldn't say I'm... Super close to Australian selection. Obviously, the fast bowling cartel there is pretty set. But, yeah, um, tough one to break in. Yeah, hopefully in the next few years when these guys, um, you know, sort of sort of peter out of test cricket a little bit. They're obviously they're all thirty or north of thirty now. So um, yeah, hopefully there's an opportunity there. But um, yeah, for me, it's just about continuing to take wickets for South Australia and 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 yeah, trying to put my name forward. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously an exciting time. He's got the the stocks. Obviously, Wes, Wes Agar, Spencer Johnson, yourself. So I think it's in pretty good shape. But there is something, obviously you were in and apart with the Brisbane Heat this year. And um, I thought I heard a little whisper that obviously you guys won the comp and had a few good days celebrating yeah. that you potentially missed the flight home. Is this is this correct? <laughs> yeah, I think I had a, remarkably, I had an 8.30am flight booked the next morning oh. and I actually woke up to my alarm at 8.31. So <laughs> um, yeah, I did miss the flight, but also got to go to the parade um, that day and, and the Gabba as well, which was awesome to see so many fans out there celebrating the win. Was it a good experience, I guess, getting into a different setup again, obviously from Melbourne to then come to the Redbacks so then to see the class side of the Brisbane Heat? was. Did you get much out of that personally? Yeah, a lot. I think the coaching staff up there, the playing group, everything about it was... Um, yeah, it was so good. I think there was there was no shocks from, from within the four walls there that, that we won the title. Um, it's just a group that believed and the the way everything was organised, planned from all the way down to Lauren, the team manager, up until the head coach. Like, I, I just think that um, that team's going to have a lot of success in the years to come. And um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. No doubt. I've taken some um, inspiration from how our Adelaide Strikers girls 
celebrated their uh, their win as well, led by led by yours truly as well. Um, obviously, we, we just quickly touch on the Redbacks. Um, a couple of disappointing losses coming back into the domestic season, but you've got two more games. Obviously, really looking to finish up strong over the next couple of games. A couple of really big challenges as well. So, New South Wales, who have they were probably got a lucky draw, but they've started to show some of that young talent um, that they've got in their squad and really starting to play play some good cricket together. And then Tassie, who are um, the all-conquering Tassie at the moment. So a couple of big challenges to finish up the season at the Redbacks. Yeah, it was obviously a disappointing week, losing the four-day game. Um, obviously won the one-day game earlier in the week, which was a good start. But, um, yeah, looking forward, I think for us, it's just about continue to improve and, and just trying to nail those crucial moments I think we've been in a lot of games this year and there's been a lot of close losses so so yeah to hopefully close out the season with two with two wins there will be um will go a long way leading into next season totally and um you mentioned the one day cup game i was not going to not mention the one day cup game don't worry about that <laughs> you were very quick waiting. to remind me about that <laughs> but uh you did happen to take six wickets now i had a bit of a chat to you in the outer um as i was there watching for the morning and then you come on to bowl next over and take a couple of polls so i, I won't take too much credit there but i must have <laughs> i must have said something right but having alex carey there he took five catches off your bowling um how good is it to have our test wicket keeper around our Redback squad must take so much confidence knowing that you've got him behind the stumps. Not that obviously Harry's fantastic as well, but um, to bring the experience from that international level uh, must be great to have him around the squad. Yeah, Kez has an um, unbelievable set of gloves. So um, yeah, to have him standing behind the stumps, I think we've actually got two of the best in the country in him and Harry. Agreed. um, Yeah, obviously he he, he speaks for himself. He's a world-class keeper. Um, He's got magnets for hands. I think there was a couple (laughs) of catches, especially in that one day game that... um, a lot of keepers around Australia might have dropped, but um, yeah, yeah, he's world class. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. Now, you and I met by chance one day. We were on the golf course out at North Adelaide, and it was a very slow day. We, I reckon, we had a couple of slow groups in front of yeah. in front of us, and we just about got to have a chat at every um, at every hole. But um, he, obviously, we've got a bit of a uh, bit of time um, coming up with the end of the cricket season. Are you planning to go away and play any cricket, or is it is golf your sort of number one priority through the off season? Yeah, golf's definitely not a priority because I'm no good at it. Um, I like to call myself a social golfer. I enjoy the fun side of it, get out in the walk, but um, yeah, geez, it can be frustrating at times. Oh, God, can it? It's, like, it's pretty much like cricket. Yeah. You can have a few good ones and then absolutely yeah. stink them up as well. Do you guys find that the um, that the, the skills are quite transferable, obviously with a bit of hand-eye coordination yeah. and the way that you actually hit the ball? I think a lot of batters actually don't like playing a lot of golf during the season because they feel like that it um, stuffs up their swing uh, swing playing a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. For me, it's just more consistently no good at it. So <laughs> just go out there. I know what to expect. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, taking my little fella around the golf course during cricket season, so I might take some of their advice and maybe uh, steer <laughs> <laughs> steer clear of that from now on. But. Um, Jordan, mate, great to have you down in the studio. Thanks for thanks for popping in and, and joining us for a chat today. And good luck for the rest of the season. And uh, no doubt our listeners are all uh, looking out for your name in the uh, Cricket Australia uh, selection posts over the over the coming months and years. So, mate, all the best. Um, have a great finish to the season and we'll catch you around the traps. No dramas. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jordan. That was Jordan Buckingham from the South Australian Redbacks. Great to have him on the show. Next up, it is our favourite segment, Gemma's Report Card Without Notice. You're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia.
Yes, it's your Tuesday Cricket Fix with Travis Wakeling and Gemma Barsby. It's my favourite time of the week now. We didn't have Gemma here, so I missed out on this segment. I was devastated about it, but uh, it's Gemma's report card without notice. Gemma. Yes, it is. School is absolutely back in with Gemma. It's a couple of weeks of the school year and we are already doing report cards, but uh, obviously the cricket season's coming towards a close and we just want to make sure that, uh, that we're giving the feedback that we need to give. And Gemma, our harsh critic, is ready for her report card without notice. So we're going to start off on a bit of a personal note for you today, Gem. Um, we've talked a little bit on the show about um, some of the work on Instagram from <laughs> Amanda Jade Wellington. Um, you seem to be the number one subject of her posts. What is, uh, what's your, your grade for the work, the social media work of Weller? And is she looking to find herself a career in social media once cricket's done? Yeah, she's been stitching me up the last couple of weeks. Anything Anything I start to do, I swear, she just whips out the phone and then I get the message on Instagram being you've been mentioned in Wello's story again. I'm like, oh, no, what have I done again? And then <laughs> you go and watch it. But, um, yeah, she definitely loves the old social media more than me. Um, but, um, yeah, she she's very good at it, though. Has has a lot of followers and, and knows how to go towards that. So um, for her content, I'm not sure about me. Obviously, I've been stitched up a bit lately from her, but um, I'll probably give her a a bee. There's a lot about her dogs at the moment too. And, and indoor plants yeah, as well. Yeah, indoor plants, which, yeah, I'm not a big plant girl, so they're not, not catering towards me, but the dogs. She's not thinking about her audience. Yeah. Not, not to me to a certain degree, but I think I, think I, sh- I think I show enough on that, on her social media to allow, allow it to slide. Well, any of our listeners who want to jump on and see some of the fun posting of, uh, of Wello and Gemma, for that matter, on uh, on Instagram. Make sure you search AJ Wellington or I think yours is Gemma BB on Instagram. So get the followers up so uh, <laughs> you can see what they're up to in the uh, in the postseason as well. So that's a good start there. I I love her work, as you know, because it gives me something <laughs> to have a crack at you about each week on the show. And one particular post this week that I'm I'm looking to get your um, your grade on as well is your car parking skills. So um, it tells you had a little bit of an issue with the car park after a tough loss on the weekend. Yeah, obviously it was a combination of a lot of things. Obviously, yeah, loss and I, I'm a very competitive person and I hate losing and I was very, very annoyed with the result because I feel like we could have done a lot better and it was a day where we were sitting around for, for quite a while with the rain delay and we ended up having a 22-over game and, and we lost that and... Um, me being the mature one in the group now and being over 25, I'm one of the ones that have to drive the van. And, um, yeah, so I pulled into into the car park and um, it was a bit of a tight squeeze and I was half what inside the line slash half not. And I turned to Bridget, who was in the passenger seat, and I said to her, I was like, is it acceptable if I leave her like this or should I change it up? And she's like, nah, you'll be fine. Just leave her like that. And, of course, had Wello in the back. And as soon as I get out, she's whipped out her phone and starts <laughs> recording my park. And um, yeah, in hindsight, I probably should have fixed it up. But Bridget and I were discussing that. I wasn't in the way of any car. All cars could continue to go back and forth past. Pedestrians could easily go past because I parked next to the stairs. So 
the girls should really be thankful that I was actually thinking about them. And I parked near the close to the stairs, which was close to the lift to go straight up to our room. So I wasn't in the way of the walkway either. So really, like, I think it was an acceptable park, but not kind of. <laughs> now, just tell us, do you have a reverse car park camera as well? Oh, this this car had all the gadgets. All yeah. the gadgets it and beeps, still just couldn't quite nail it. It beeps at you like there's no tomorrow. But I think that was the downfall. I normally have, you normally have to reverse parallel, like, well, reverse park those big cars. But I went I went head in first and that's what, that's what did me, I reckon. So... Um, yeah, in hindsight, probably need to reverse park that one. So are you giving yourself a fail or are you uh, going a little bit harder with it? I'll go C minus. Okay, C minus. Yeah, because like I said, no one was interfered with it. Okay. It was just wasn't exactly inside the line. Just lines. super annoying for anyone else who wants to park right near you, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's okay. As, lo- as long as you were happy, Jim. <laughs> the Scorpion season. Uh, obviously, it's, it's, come to a, it's come to an end now. Um, not quite to the heights that we'd re- got to the last couple of years. Where are, you, where are you seeing it? Where are you grading it um, as the skipper of the side? Yeah, I thought this might have been one of the questions. So I was trying to think of it um, in the way in. And, yeah, it's been disappointing, to be honest. Um, we definitely haven't finished the season very well. And, we've, uh, we, um, yeah, we lost more than we won this year. So that's been pretty disappointing. Haven't been able to, I guess, bring all three facets to, together this, this year, and especially after our last two years. But then having conversations with people, obviously we've been – um, in the top two for the last two years, and then you bring Big Bash into that as well. We've won the last last two, and then we're in the finals again the year before that. So, I know, yeah, it kind of depends the which which way you look at it. But I think, yeah, I'd probably have to say a C. Um, we, I think, I haven't even looked at the table to finish see where we finished, but it might have been even like second last. So it's not yeah. it's not great of what we're we're up to, and we've we set high standards of ourselves, and and we haven't been able to achieve achieve those goals. So, um, yeah, I think I should be pretty harsh and probably say C, C minus, I reckon. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, um, I'll take your word on that one as well. So um, thinking of our international game now, cricket's played all over the world and there is a fascinating series of cricket uh, going on in India at the moment. I must admit, I've never supported the Indian um, <laughs> cricket side so much as I currently am. But um, we... We need to make sure that um, we give England a hard time here. So um, Ben Stokes as England captain. Now, this includes his use of reviews as well, which <laughs> and the way that he talks about him in the media afterwards as well. I know. He seemed to put the blame game on DRS pretty quickly after after that heavy defeat. So, yeah, it seems they're all well and good when Baz, Balls is go- Baz Ball is going very well, but... When they when they have the I think it was like their second largest defeat in Test match to come out and then start blaming that's um, been pretty interesting. So um, yeah, it's obviously um, I know it's funny when you go onto Twitter or to social media and you see the the two different sides where people are like Nah, baseball doesn't work in India, blah blah blah, and then you got some of the others coming out and be like Yeah, at least they still gave a crack. Other teams still lose over there. So you're getting obviously like all social media, you're getting both sides of the story. So. Um, and with two tests to go, I think it's going to be um, pretty interesting to see how they go about it. And I know there's definitely been a lot of a lot of talk also about how Joe Root goes about his, his innings. The way I was just going to ask you about that. There's yeah. been heaps to talk about that. Yeah, the way he sets up, well, the way how many runs he scored at Test match cricket, and then to be getting out the way he is with his little ramp, you go, is that really the way you want to be playing your cricket when you've been able to score bulk runs prior to this? So um, yeah, it's been interesting. I think yeah. I think I love, but I do love the way that he takes it on Ben Stokes with with his captaincy. He doesn't always look to play for the draws and looks to always win. So 
Um, I know I want to be harsh because he's in, he's a pom, but um, <laughs> and and they've lost. But I'll probably go a B minus because I do like the way that yeah, like I said, they they go to still win a test match and um, when it's that fifty fifty, that it's not going to to draw the game. Yeah, and you know what you spoke about Joe Root there. I feel like my personal opinion is that um, there's still space for an anchor, anchoring role yes. in uh, baseball. And I think he's your perfect guy knowing that he's made 12,000 test runs, you know, with, you know, most of that without the baseball approach. So I think that there's still a role there as a, as an accumulator. Um, and it doesn't mean he has to be scoring at a 50 strike rate, but he could be, you know, turning over the strike, striking at 75 and still scoring at a good rate. So anyway, that's just my opinion. And who am I? <laughs> I'm sure Ben Stokes will be listening and, um, and take that on board. So um, now a couple of cracking catches. Um, we talk about, you know, highlights out of SA cricket over the last week. But uh, there was one in your game. Off your left arm spin, you came in and absolutely ripped one. Um, caught out in, out in the deep by Matty Penner. Yep. And then Jake Lehman took an absolute stunning catch in the Redbacks Shield game on the weekend as well. A rating for both of them. And um, which one do you think was better? Oh, that's tough. Um, yeah, they were both cracking. Obviously, Maddie had a bit more more run time where she had to, I think, I put more setter at um, deep mid-wicket and it went to more cow. So she had to clock a few K, well, yeah, a few metres up to, to then put a full stretch dive in and... Um, yeah, it was a cracking catch and it was something that we needed that started to then swing the momentum back to us because they were none down for a hundred and odd when it was, the game was kind of yeah. just floating. Important so, wicket. Yeah, very important wicket. So, um, yeah, I reckon I'd give that a A minus. I reckon, no, sorry, I'll go A because it was a pretty good catch and, and full length uh, diving catch in the situation of the game. So I'll go that. And then, yeah, Jake Lehman, that was pretty much just reaction time. Instant. Too. Like, Instant. Yeah. To, to be I mean, able to, your hands yeah. would hurt after that. Oh yeah, you try not to show it though because <laughs> you're pretty pumped that you just took an absolute specky, especially in the shield game. So um, yeah, I think I'll both give them an A. Yeah. Okay, whose was better? Oh, ouch. Um, that's a very good question. I'll probably say, based on just like reaction time, I'll probably have to say Jake Lehman, where that was probably just more pure pure reaction time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. No, I'm happy, I'm happy with that. I, I would have said the same, but what I said about, what I thought about Matty Penner's catch was it was like that Glenn McGrath classic style, yes. like full full stretch stretch on the run, right out in the deep. Loved and it. And there's photo evidence of it too. Like the photographer that day got an absolute belter of a photo where she's full strength, or full, yeah, full length diving catch. So yeah, it was pretty good. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, after the break, that's all we've got time for on the report card without notice. Jim, but after the break, we've got a really, really interesting night watchman. I can't wait to hear from him. His name's Fabian Garcia-Byrne, and he's the lead sports scientist at the Sackers. I can't wait to chat to him after the break. You're listening to the Sacker Cricket Show with Travis Wakeling, focusing on all things cricket in South Australia. Welcome back to the Sacker Cricket Show. It's Travis Wakeling here with Gemma Barsby, and we have another guest who's joined us in the studio. We've gone a whole season without anyone actually coming down to the studio, and all of a sudden, we've got two in two days. I am talking about the lead sports scientist at the Sacker, our night watchman for today. It's Fabian Garcia Byrne. Fabes, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Travis. JB, it's good to be here. Um, when you said, Do you want to come on the show? I said, Absolutely, but. 
it requires coming into the studio, so <laughs> it's, good, it's good to be here. No, mate, fantastic. And um, nice to have a little bit of a different angle on our Night Watchman segment as well. So our Night Watchman segment has been very, obviously, cricket skill focused and talking about a lot of bowlers who have had a, a solid innings with the bat. But we're talking about a Night Watchman who is watching in a different kind of way. So you are the sports scientist. Talk to us about your role at the Sacker and, and how you keep an eye on the, the players and all of their uh, training schedules throughout the season and, and moving into postseason. Yeah, I think you know, sports science plays a massive role in the preparation of elite cricketers. Um, we know that the game's physically demanding. So a lot of our work happens before a match in terms of what we do physically at training to prepare them for the demands. Um, during a game, a lot of our work happens post the day's play to, to make sure that the players are recovered the players are warmed up well for the next day or whatever might be coming. Um, and then post-matches, how do we prepare best prepare them for the next match? So we look at data, we use GPS data, um, some gym data, um, and then we plan uh, their training week to best prepare them. Absolutely. And you, so you mentioned there about how physical the game is. Has, has cricket surprised you in the way that in how much physical preparation and, and how taxing it is on the body? Absolutely. You know, modern day cricketers, um, the amount of work that they do in a day's play is huge. So if we're talking about J- JB in a 50 over Scorpions game, she could cover 15 Ks of distance. 15 Ks? A lot Are you it, serious? A lot of it could be walking though. So it's a, it's, it's a different like, yeah, it's weird. Obviously it's 15 Ks, <laughs> it's which like is a lot. like 15 Ks of the AFL players. <laughs> yeah. And I think, That's heaps. Yeah, yeah. JB made 100 and something in a club game a couple of weeks ago and covered 8Ks in a batting inning. So wow. Yeah, just 8Ks in, in your the pads. Batting. Oh, yeah. and it was hot that day as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like 32. That's when I realised I need to have more protein than that so I can actually <laughs> get bombs and don't have to run ones yeah. and twos all the time. <laughs> Work in the field, JB. Yeah. It's your role. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, you know, modern-day cricketers, um, even though a lot of what they do is considered as walking, there's moments in the game where they have to be um, switched on high intensity running um, at a split second. Um, we know fast bowlers across men and women in their run up are sprinting before they, you know, pound the ground really, really hard to propel this ball forward towards a batter. And we know as a batter, and JB can probably, um, ha- she probably has heaps of, you know, experiences in her own mind when she's played. You have to sprint between the wickets, um, especially in white ball format. You know, we've had players get up to 90% of their max speed. So we're talking, you know, some of our male cricketers can get up to 25 to 30 Ks running between the wickets. Wow. Um, and if we're talking about in Gemma and the female game, players can get 25 to 27 Ks running between the wickets. Um, so it's demanding. Um, and we can do things at training to best prepare them to be able to do that at 100%. I'm really interested to know in how you manage the postseason. Now, when I talk postseason, of course, I'm talking about the Australian summer because we have players going here, there and everywhere. Some players take a break. Um, some players will um, go and do a training block somewhere. Some players will go and play overseas. Um, obviously, our women's team, the SA Scorpions, have, are in that space now where they're finishing up with club cricket but then looking to sort of plan out the rest of their year. Um, how do you keep in touch with the players uh, when they're not in touch with um, SA cricket? And, um, you know, is it things like making sure a player such as you know, Gemma's posting her Strava stats to Instagram or, you know, she's gone for a bike ride and she's just, you know, posted about it online. Is that the best way to keep in, in touch with the players during the off-season? Yeah, well, you know, Gemma's not shy to put something on Instagram if she's going for a <laughs> run. <or like. laughs> oh, boo! <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, cricket now is a 12-month-of-the-year sport. So we, you know, we prioritise different 
times of the year. Um, we're coming up to the off-season, a traditional off-season for most of our players. So we will provide them all with an off-season program that's targeted at areas they need to improve on, whether that's strength, power, speed, endurance, whatever it might look like. Um, we, 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 we like to give players um, you know, a time where they're not getting contacted by us. So we put a lot of trust that they do the programs. Um, we know that Gemma does it because it's on Instagram. Um, there's a few <laughs> other players like that. Nicely <laughs> <to this trap. laughs> um, but we've got, you know, with a lot of players um, are, are traveling all over the world now playing different competitions. So we've got constant, you know, communication and um, from their staff back to us. So we're pretty well, we know what the players are doing 12 months of the year. Um, but I think, like I said just before, our culture is very, very strong around physical training. So players come back in good shape. Um, they do what they get told to do. Um, so no complaints there. Yeah, obviously, like I said before, you've taken up the, the head role of the SNC for the Redbacks at the moment. Is it something that you wanted to take on full-time for the upcoming season? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in terms of um, where we're at at the SACA, I think it's an opportunity for some change. Um, I think as a as a, a young um, sports science SNC coach, I think I can bring a bit more of a you know, modern swing to some of the things that we do, um, not go away from the, you know, the standards and the, the way we've gone about it over the last five to six years. Um, but I think just some new methods, um, you know, individ- individualising player programs. I think I'm, you know, over the last six weeks, I've jumped into that, into that role, absolutely loved it. Um, enjoyed working with senior athletes and planning what they do. So, yeah, excited to see what happens coming, coming up. Now, I've got a question for Gemma without notice that will directly directly involve you, Fabes. But, um, JB, is there someone in the Scorpion squad that um, our S&C coaches and, um, you know, uh, strength and conditioning staff will need to keep in touch with a little bit closer during the uh, during the off-season because there's always the players who excel and sort of are very motivated in this space. And then the one, there's the ones who just need a little bit of a nudge here and there. So who do you, th- who do you think um, they need to sort of stay in touch with a little bit more during the, during the post-season? Oh, I'd absolutely happily throw Amanda Jade Wellington out of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> she's, um, yeah, she's been renowned for the, yeah, the last couple of bits to not exactly do the off-season programs and... Um, yeah, so I think she's definitely one to I'll have to upload everything onto Strava because she can't be accountable for that, unfortunately. So or yeah. Instagram, I don't, you know, she's yeah. not shy to put a, you know, a little post on Instagram every now and then. Yeah, so. I reckon Just not so too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure she'll follow in Gemma's footsteps there. No doubt, no doubt. Well. Um... Look, it, if ever I start going to the gym or having a run, I'll start posting mine as well. We can <laughs> we can all compare. I don't reckon I'd be running. Uh, I don't reckon I'd be running eight kilometres if I was out there in the middle with a with a bat in hand. But uh, Faves, a really interesting insight. Um, had a really really great chat and a bit a bit different to what we've been doing throughout the season, having you know cricketers on the show. But nice to have someone who who works in the environment in a bit of a different role. So thank you for coming on the ro- on the on the show, and um, look forward to seeing what amazing work you can do with the boys and girls over the next couple of seasons. No, thanks for having me. Um, a tip, if you're if Gemma's in a race, I probably wouldn't back her to, to come faster. Top speed isn't always the best. But, <laughs> Slow um, and steady wins the race, yeah. babe. She's a, she's a hard worker, so um, but it's great to have to be on here. It's great to, I guess, um, showcase a bit more of the physical side of cricket. Um, I think traditionalists in the game think that you don't need to train physically, but we're um, absolutely do to be able to play the, the number of games in a cricket fixture um, and, and, and meet the demands. It's very demanding. So 
Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That was Fabian Garcia-Byrne, the lead sports scientist at the South Australian Cricket Association. That's all we've got time for today. It, honestly, we fly through these shows these days, Jem, but uh, great to have you back on. Enjoy the next What are you going to do now? So you've got club cricket. Yep. You're going to pick up some shifts back at Jenny's Bakery. What's the what's the plan over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I need to reach back out to them and, and see, but the my siblings are down this weekend, so spend some time with them nice. and... Uh, go explore a bit more of Adelaide and, and get out and about and, um, yeah, probably post a few more rides and runs on Instagram because considering I quite do that quite a lot by the sounds of it, so uh, I might be doing that after the show. Yeah, that's right. Make sure Fabes is, uh, is watching at all times. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Again, as always, thank you. Um, obviously, uh, We've got some international cricket to look forward to. We'll have between now and next week's show, we're going to have three T20 internationals. So that's, uh, we'll have plenty to wrap up next week and lots to talk about in the world of cricket. So thank you listeners for joining us today. I hope you have a great week and uh, keep watching plenty of cricket. Cheers.